Welcome to the Social Sunshine Podcast. I'm your host, Brittany Crossan, and I'm here to help you build a brand, make an impact, and have some fun on social media. I'm the owner of Fun Love Media, a social media management and content creation agency in Houston, Texas. I'm a wife, a mom of two, and when I'm not working or with my family, you can find me on my Peloton bike, dancing in my Instagram stories, or cuddled up with wine watching The Real Housewives. Please know that this show could include some grown-up language here or there. <laughs> Let's get started. Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the Social Sunshine Podcast, episode 42. I am your host, Brittany Crossan. Thanks for being here. Um, I really appreciate it. I'm so stoked about today's episode, you guys, because first of all, I have amazing guests. Guests. Yes, plural. <laughs> I have two guests on today's show. The awesome Mike and Gabby Grinberg. You guys, this is a married couple co-parents of a lovely daughter, and they have so much good shiz to share. It's not even funny. They're sharing why they started their business, what inspired it, which hint, hint, it actually was quite a traumatic experience with their daughter's birth is what inspired it. But what they've done is they've created this family first culture in their business where it's like family comes first, the people come first, and they have such good tips and advice and wisdom and experiences and honestly just inspiration. Okay. So if you, especially if you are a parent, which I know a lot of you guys are, and you are really trying to create that kind of, that kind of atmosphere, that kind of culture where your family does come first and you work your business around it, you know, this is like, jackpot episode for you. These two are so awesome and had so much to offer. So anyway, that's coming up in a few minutes. But first of all, I want to say thank you, thank you, thank you for all of the social media follows and love recently. Um, The show's social media um, accounts on uh, Instagram and on Facebook are growing. You guys are coming in there and following the show and and commenting and really getting into things. And, and I really appreciate that. I absolutely love, love, love seeing that. If you don't follow the show on social media yet, all you got to do is search Social Sunshine Podcast on Facebook and on Instagram. Give the show a follow. Um, also, I would love it if you would share in your stories whenever you're listening to the show. So what that means is that like, if you're listening to the show on your phone, take a screenshot of that screen that shows that you're playing this podcast, you know, and then share that screenshot in your stories and, and tell me what you like about that episode that you're listening to tag the show, tag social sunshine podcast, tag me, whatever. And, um, and we'll see it and reshare it. And I'm so thankful for that. So that would be awesome. You guys also don't forget about iTunes reviews. iTunes reviews are so helpful. They're they're so impactful. They truly help the show show up more, um, in iTunes when people are searching for podcasts, it really, really, really helps to have a bunch of five-star reviews. So if you listen on iTunes, like if you listen with an Apple device, um, then go into iTunes, please leave the show a five-star review and a couple of sentences and tell me what you're loving so far. Okay. So anyway, 
Let's move on to a couple more things. I have got to say that today is Wine Wednesday in my house. Um, (laughs) If you know me, you know I love my wine. And I happen to be recording right now on a Wednesday, which means that, I mean, it's not that I don't drink wine on most other days because I do, but I don't know. Wine Wednesday, it just makes it more festive and fun. So happy Wine Wednesday. Although if you're listening to this when it comes out, it's a Monday. So, uh, you know, whatever, happy wine Monday, wine, anything. Um, yeah, I'm excited because we just got another shipment of wine at our house. Um, so if you're not familiar, um, there's this, uh, wine club that my husband and I are a part of, and it's super cool. They have what they call clean crafted wine. So the wine, it just basically is clean. Like it doesn't have added sugar and junk chemicals, all that crap that unfortunately is added into a lot of wines, which I had no clue about before, um, before learning about these guys. So that's a bummer, but the good news is that this wine is clean crafted. So we have a new, like huge box of wine that came in it's heaven. I'm so excited. So we're going to open it this evening and check it out, see what kind of goodies we got. Um, so definitely check me out on social media, um, to follow my wine adventures for sure. (laughs) Yeah. I'm on, um, I'm on everything. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. I'm on TikTok. Yay. Holler TikTok. Um, I'm doing the new Instagram reels. That's another story. Um, (laughs) I don't really do Snapchat. I don't know. I just can't squeeze that in. But also LinkedIn, of course, connect with me on LinkedIn. So find me anywhere and follow my fun wine journey. Okay. Okay. So I just mentioned the Instagram reels. Um, Before we get to my awesome guests here in a few minutes, I want to have a little chat with you guys about Instagram reels, uh, versus TikTok. All right. So if you are not familiar, you're probably already familiar with TikTok and know that it is a, um, social platform where most of the time somebody's posting a 15 second video, although you can post longer videos in some instances. Um, a lot of it is music based, a sound based. So whether it's a fun song or it's like just a fun, like, you know, like audio bit from a comedian that you uh, do a video to or whatever, it's just, um, a really, really fun, entertaining platform. And I have been rocking and rolling on TikTok. It's like meant for someone like me (laughs) as a lifelong performer, a dancer, an actor. I mean, it's like, it's, it's amazing. So I've been having a really great time. I'm actually uh, approaching 12,000 followers, super stoked about that. So if you've been following me on TikTok, thank you. But here's the deal. Instagram has now come out with Instagram reels. Okay. Like R E E L S. Um, and it is, I mean, it is really basically just, just like TikTok, but there are a few, um, differences. I mean, overall, honestly, it's the same idea. It's the same goal. It's, um, you know, going to have a lot of fun music and sounds and it's, um, it's, it's really going to be extremely entertaining, but like with this Instagram twist, Instagram reels. So the difference, the differences I've noticed so far, which you may not have it yet, by the way, but everybody should have it soon. It's, what is this? Like mid, mid August. Yeah. Everybody should have it soon. Um, I'm lucky enough that I got it on the first day that it came out. So I was able to start posting in my Instagram reels right away. Um, and it's really been fun. So the biggest difference I'm seeing so far is first of all, on Instagram reels at this point in time, it can only be 15 seconds long. That's it. (laughs) Um, you know, TikTok does have some options where they can be longer, 
but not on Instagram Reels. Now, a cool thing that I have actually really been liking on Instagram Reels is that, you know, Instagram is just a pretty place. We all know this. I mean, Instagram, it's about appearances, right? I mean, we know it's not really about appearances and what on the inside is what counts and blah, blah, blah. But bottom line is that Instagram is a visual platform, right? I mean, it was it was all started based upon, you know, people sharing beautiful photos. So um, that means that in Instagram Reels, you have these really great options for like the filters and the looks of your video to make it very Instagram pretty is what I like to call it. Um, so the looks are really nice. It's also really familiar. If you are already familiar with Instagram, with just Instagram in general, of course, but also with like posting stories and things like that, you're going to see that a lot of the features and reels are very, very similar to the features in the stories that you've been posting all this time. So honestly, the learning curve isn't going to be much like you're going to be, if you, if you're already familiar with Instagram, you're going to be able to hop on the Instagram reels, uh, train really, really easily. And I highly, highly, highly recommend that you do because look, it's the very beginning. Um, this is how these things go. When you can get in at the very beginning of something, do it. Something that's cool like this that we can count on. That's, you know, it's Instagram. Like we can count on it's, it's legit. It's good. Um, it's a great, it's a great way to get, you know, more content out there and to get people's attention. And since it's brand new, there aren't tons and tons of people on it yet. That's just the bottom line. And it's going to be like that for a little while. It's not going to get super congested for a little while. So take advantage of that. Start getting stuff out there in the reels. Start creating, start sharing those and be one of the people that first to be doing it. And if you're wondering like, what the hell is the point? Well, I mean, besides fun, <laughs> like I said, with TikTok, you know, it is a lot of fun and, and, and reels is a lot of fun too. And of course it's, it's, um, it's a good time. It's entertaining and all that jazz. But if you're not just looking to entertain people, if you're looking for something a little bit, a little bit extra on top of that for your business, I mean, it's really just a creative way to get messages out there. You can use popular songs. That's another thing with Instagram reels. You can choose choose the part of the song that plays during your video. On TikTok, sometimes you're really limited on which section of the song gets played during your video, but with Instagram, you have more flexibility. So that was really cool. But um, yeah, you know, you can have this song in the background of this video and you can be like just, you know, dancing or, or even just standing there kind of bop into the music, like something really simple, but you can have your words coming up on the screens with your messages, like my top three tips for this. And they pop up, boom, boom, boom. You know what I mean? So you can actually be educating people. I've seen a lot of people doing, um, of course, you know, recipes and, um, any sort of cooking related videos, all kinds of education out there. And of course, as I said at the beginning, fun and entertainment. So hop on the Instagram Reels train, especially if you love Instagram, especially if that's your jam. And if you haven't explored Instagram that much, maybe now's the time. Maybe now is the time. So anyway, I hope you guys are loving that. If you're not following me on Instagram yet, please do at Brittany Crossan and you can check out all of my reels. You can see all of them. That's the cool thing. If you go like to, to my uh, profile to at Brittany Crossan and you're looking at it there, you'll see right there on the main screen is my grid is what they're called, you know, what they call it, where you're seeing everything that I've actually posted in my main feed. But if you tap on the next little icon, that's the Instagram reels icon. And you're going to see everything I've posted to reels so far. And you are going to have the same thing when you start posting.
So, okay. I hope that was helpful. I hope you guys are excited about that. I know I'm excited about that because bottom line, mediocre content does not cut it these days. It just doesn't. Look, you don't have to be doing a dance on a treadmill like me. You don't have to be, you know, juggling fire or anything like that, but you do have to put forth the effort to be as creative as possible and to be as full of value as possible, right? People, people have to value what you share or they're not going to care. Oh my God, that rhymed. Can I copyright that somebody, please? Yeah, write that down. (laughs) But it's true. It's true, right? And Instagram Reels is just another way that another tool really that you have that you can use for free to get the word out about your business in a fun, creative, interesting way that's going to catch people's eyes. Okay, you guys, that's it for our little chat for today. Coming up next, my guest, Mike and Gabby Grimberg. I'm so excited. So I want to talk to you real quick about Canva. So as small business owners, most of us are not like super fancy graphic designers, and it's really not easy to learn complicated software. So that's where Canva comes in because we all need to make social media posts. We all need to make some graphics. We all need some cover photos, some flyers, some digital art, right? And Canva makes that easy. Canva Pro starts at only $9.95 a month, which is actually a steal, but you can try it for free for 30 days and support the podcast. So all you've got to do is go to socialsunshinepodcast.com slash try Canva Pro. That's socialsunshinepodcast.com slash try Canva Pro. I hope you love it. Today's guests are the dynamic duo behind Proofpoint Marketing. One is the CEO and the other is the VP of Client Services. In addition to creating and running their successful family-first business culture, these two are husband and wife and parents of the lovely Lana Rose. And some fun facts, y'all. Okay. As a self-professed adrenaline junkie, he has been skydiving. Um, no, thank you, but <laughs> to each his own. And scuba diving. And she loves to consume anything related to design and home decor. Oh my gosh, don't we all? These two are an inspiration to parents everywhere after experiencing an incredibly difficult time when their daughter was born at just 24 weeks gestation. That crisis though led them to build a life and company that allows them to put family first while helping others along the way. Welcome to the Social Sunshine Podcast, Mike and Gabby Grimberg. Thank you, Brittany. That was an amazing introduction. That was, that was the, best the best intro we've gotten ever. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you so much. I mean, come on. We got to start the show off with a bang, right? It's 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 too fun. <laughs> thank Absolutely. you for being here, you guys. Um, I know your time is valuable and we acknowledge that and appreciate that. And I know a lot of my listeners are going to get so much out of this talk with you guys. So, so much. And so many of them are parents and and all that jazz. So it's going to be amazing. Um, first, I just want to let you guys in your own words, say hello and, and tell us about your journey, what you guys do, what Proofpoint Marketing does and, and why you started the business. Excellent. Mike, do you want to start off? Sure. So we're, I mean, uh, we'll start at the end, I guess. Uh, I mean, Proofpoint okay. Marketing, we're a, a B2B digital marketing agency. So we focus on strategy as well as performance marketing. Uh, for we generally work with tech companies, manufacturing companies, and healthcare companies. Uh, that's the that's the what we do. How we got here is a long story, but Gabby can can uh, kind of give you the highlights. I think. 
Yeah. So um, Proofpoint Marketing was founded, as, as I say, typically to, you know, to everybody that doesn't know us or hasn't, hasn't been to our website. I say that, it was, that we founded our company out of a family crisis. Um, and there were, there were a couple of blips along our, our journey to, entrepren- to becoming entrepreneurs that kind of got us there. But it was really, um, you know, the, the, the impetus was, like you mentioned in the intro, um, the fact that our daughter was born severely premature. She was born at 24 weeks. Um, she was, she's considered a micro preemie. She was born weighing 11 ounces. So that just as a point of reference, um, I love to drink bubbly waters. And so, you know, or any can of can of soda or, or pop that you might drink, it's 12 fluid ounces. So our daughter was weighing 11 ounces and your typical baby is, you know, let's say between six and nine pounds on average. Yeah. So she weighed less than a pound. Um, and that, that, as you can imagine, was uh, life altering in and of itself. And just a week after she was born, um, I lost my job. I was um, working full time. Yep, that's that's another that's another topic for another time. Because um, oh, <laughs> I, I saw your I saw the look you gave me, Brittany. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, I was like, and, what? Yeah, well, talk about the most horrible timing ever. Well, exactly, and that has also been um, a huge. Uh, impetus for for us starting our business because in the most vulnerable times of our life um time of our lives i i lost my job and i you know so add insult you know add insult to injury not only did i have you know that i was very ill and i had preterm labor in an emergency c-section but now we're dealing with our daughter who was severely premature and it was very touch and go in the beginning and we just we didn't know where things were going to net out um, and I was the, um, at the time I had the, the health insurance for, for the family. So, um, you know, all of a sudden we, we lose our health insurance. We lost our second income and we're dealing with this big family crisis. You know, this was definitely not part of our plan when we decided to, to start a family. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that was a big, that was one of the big hurdles that eventually pushed us to becoming an on to becoming entrepreneurs and starting our business. Um, our daughter spent six months in the hospital, so it was a long journey home. Wow. And when she, when she got home, you know, what I usually tell people is that I was a stay-at-hospital mom, same acronyms, uh, same letters, S-A-H-M, yeah. and then I became a stay-at-home mom. Um, and, and, you know, I, I needed to do that. Our daughter had some medical needs that, that she just really needed to have a, a, a parent at home. And um, it wasn't until two years after she was born. So she was born in 2015. In 2017, just shy of her second birthday, mm-hmm. she was doing great. You know, she was, she was doing all the, th- she had really caught up, caught up to her peers and was making tremendous progress from a developmental standpoint. And it, it was at that point that I knew I wanted to go back to work. You know, I, I never wanted to be a stay-at-home mom. Not that there's anything wrong with that. But I just knew that, you know, where I could provide a ton of value was going to be in my career. And that's where I wanted, that's where I wanted to always be is is work. Um, But, you know, as circumstances happened, I I was a state hospital mom, then a state home mom. And I'm very grateful for those two plus years that I had at home with my daughter. Um, But by the time she was two, I realized that I was just ready to get back to work. And um, Mike at the time was working for 
a, a company that unfortunately went bankrupt. It was a startup. They lost their funding. Um, and so that was another big a hurdle in our journey to entrepreneurialism that that was sort of the, the straw that broke the camel's back, if you will. You know, it was right. first was me was our um, family situation, me losing my job. Um, and then Mike's company at the time that that was going under. And we had a very we were at a crossroads. We had an opportunity to say, OK, either we go out and both get corporate jobs or whatever. Um and I should mention that both Mike and I have a digital marketing background. We, we both do different things within the digital marketing universe, but, uh, mm-hmm. but we both have been in digital marketing since the beginnings of our career over 17 years ago now. Oh, wow. um, okay. So, uh, so we could, you know, we could both work at agencies, you know, different agencies downtown here in Minneapolis, or we could work in-house. There's plenty of wonderful corporations based here in the Twin Cities. Um, or option B was let's start something. And, um, and now we weren't starting entirely from scratch. So Mike, um, after I had lost my job and our daughter was in the hospital, um, we were down in income, you know, we were, we were a dual income, you know, dual income couple, and now a single income family. And we had a daughter that had, you know, intense medical needs and a, and a complex medical history. And so we, we knew that we needed to be in a, in a financial position to, to support her and to give her what she needed. Um, and so Mike had early, on, early into our NICU journey, Mike had started taking on some freelance work to complement his full-time job. So he's working full-time and then nights and weekends he had... Um, these freelance clients. And two years into it, he had built up quite a a good portfolio of freelance work. And it was getting to the point where he could no longer service these, these clients on his own. And I had reached a point in my journey in my early years as a mother that I'd wanted to go back to work. So we kind of said, you know, so him losing his job was also kind of like I said that the straw that broke the camel's back and it gave us the courage to for us to say you know what let's just jump in and take these clients that that he had already built up and let's see what we can do and the worst thing that can happen like literally the worst thing that can happen is we can't sustain ourselves financially or the clients go away or we're not able to grow it or, you know, we just, we, we find that we're not able to work well together and we close up shop and we get a job, you know, and, and we, we just, that's it, you know, and, and after having gone through, um, you know, the preterm labor and our daughter in the NICU and the two plus years at home with a complex, with a child with complex medical needs, we kind of looked at starting a business as child's care. We were just yeah. like, that's, that's a piece of cake, right, you know, right. <laughs> after everything we had been through, starting a business to us looked, um, I shouldn't say it looked easy because it's not, and, and it never is, but it looked to us to be a very appealing option um, and, and really appealing in many of the ways that we already talked about because of the fact that as, um, as em- employees and other companies, we, we saw and experienced firsthand 
what I like to call kind of the ugly underbelly black hole of corporate America. Now, this isn't to say that every single company out there operates like that, or this isn't to say that every company in the U.S. is negative and horrible and has bad culture. Um, No, but there are, there there still is a lot of um, things that happen in companies that just shouldn't be happening. You know, Mm -hmm. Um, I, me losing my job at a time when I'm most vulnerable, you know, that was something that nobody should have to experience that, especially not because of a medical emergency. Um, And, and Mike lost, Mike lost his job because the company went bankrupt and it was, it was, you know, a startup. Now there's a much more complexity to that, to that story, which is probably for another episode in another (laughs) time. Um, But essentially there was, it was poor management and mismanagement of the company funds that ultimately led to the company going under. And so again, there's, there's just all these things happening that employees are not only kept out of the dark and don't know what's going on and are at the mercy of the people at the top, there's also just, there's bad company culture, nepotism, um, unfair advantages, pay gaps, you know, all these things that, that now here in 2020, because of the pandemic, because of all these things, you know, the, the situation that we're in politically and socially and, and, and throughout the world, these things are now finally coming to the foreground. They're being, they're being um, uh, called out for what they are. And people and companies and organizations and leaders and business leaders all over the world are, are saying, you know what, we need to do better and we can do better and we should be doing better. And God damn it, if it takes a world, you know, pandemic to get there, well, then here we are in 2020. And, and you know, what they say about 2020 is so is hindsight, you know, hindsight is always 2020. And so we're, I think, you know, in 20 years from now, we'll look back at 2020 and there'll be movies about this time and there'll yes. be, and hopefully we'll, we'll be in a better place where there is more equity and more fairness and more, more of that family first culture in business and in society, which is what we are trying to do with our small little company called Proofpoint. You, you just said about a gazillion things that (laughs) almost every single listener is like, yep. uh Uh-huh. Oh my gosh. Been there. I feel you. Like, I mean, really every it's so that's one of the things I love about you guys. You're so relatable and you have you went through all that with your daughter and, and now, and isn't it so true? And it's so cliche, right? But, but these things, these, these tragedies and crises and all these things that we go through, they really do make you stronger. Hey, we don't always want to hear that at the time, especially if it's about our child. I mean, come on, don't try to teach me a lesson at my child's expense, but later, you know, I mean, look how strong you guys are. Like you said, you're like, well, starting a business, we were like, well, what's the worst that can happen? I mean, we've been through all this crap and what, it just doesn't work. That's the worst, that's the worst that happens. Right. <laughs> we'll be okay. I love that. And, um, it's just, it's just so much truth in, in that you obviously got so much stronger through what was a horrible situation for you guys. Um, in so many ways, I, God, I love everything you just said. Um, thank you so much. So, Okay, so let's let's shift into focusing on y'all's priority. The thing I told you guys before we even started recording that really touches my heart is your family first culture, mm-hmm. and you know, 
obviously it was inspired by your daughter and your situation. And a lot of people have varying situations like that, or even just plain old parents that just want to make sure they can prioritize their family. So can y'all, uh, can y'all talk about that, about, um, why, well, I know why you created your family first culture, but how, I mean, like, how did y'all even, mm-hmm. did you have to stay super focused and have talks all the time to make sure you were on track or what? How did it, how yeah. did it... I mean, from, I'd say for, it kind of started from the get-go and really the, the lessons we kind of, we, we took away from our past, you know, previous careers, if you will. And for, fortunately for me, I actually had pretty good experiences and I don't want to call it corporate because I never really worked corporate, corporate, like I never worked for a fortune. Right. But like working for someone else or something. But I mean, I worked for fairly large companies and I worked for large agencies, et cetera. Um, Versus Gabby's experiences have been unfortunately not very good. We always, Um, we always joke that, you know, Mike in his career had wonderful bosses and great culture. And he had, he had so many great examples uh, that we borrowed from that we took inspiration Mm -hmm. from. In, In my case, um, I ended up, whether it was because I was the wrong fit or because the company was was going through some challenges, you know, I, I don't want to ever give the impression that I'm completely innocent and blameless because looking back in my career, I can see a number of times where, you know, with a little bit more clarity and professional maturity, I should I would have handled things differently. Sure. But it doesn't excuse the fact that I had some some managers and I worked in some companies where the company culture was just poop. Right. And the managers just didn't know how to manage. And, 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 and so, you know, again, the onus goes both ways, right? There's, there's a responsibility from the employee, but there's also, I think, in many cases, a greater responsibility from the employer to right. treat their employees with kindness and fairness. And, and, and in my case, I didn't always get the, the, the long end of the, I, I ended up with the short end of the stick right, in, in right. numerous occasions. <laughs> right. And we, so the, we also took inspiration from that on the things that we did not want to have in our company. Right. Okay. Yeah. I mean, pretty, pretty early on, not even early on, like one of the first conversations we pretty much had was what, like we, we, we knew we were going to kind of try to grow this thing and have employees at which point we started talking about, okay, well, how, what is our culture going to look like? And one of the first questions I asked Gabby was like, well, let's put a list together of all the bad things that you had happened to you. And let's make sure we don't do those. And let's make a list of the good things that have happened. And let's make sure we do as many of those as we can. Like it really was kind of as simple as that. So obviously, you know, we talked about things like benefits right away, even without having, you know, a ton of revenue or runway, we sort of said, okay, if we're going to start hiring people, we're going to make sure that we do, you know, maternity and paternity leave paid. Right. Um, now, you know, you know, I think at this point we're offering eight weeks for both moms and dads, um, fully paid, we, et cetera. Because, we also, oh, go ahead. I mean, there's, there's, there's a bunch of, you know, there's a bunch of other benefits as well, but the, the point is, is like, that was one of the, one of the first things we said is, you know, we'll figure out how to deal with it when it happens, but we just feel like we have to do it. Um, right. if I can, and then def- really it was, you know, uh, flexible work culture, et cetera. So all the things that we benefited from ourselves and we initially were working, just the two of us, we wanted to make sure that everybody else had that. So, and we started out remote, fully remote right away because of our situation, which even before that, we were sort of talking about, you know, what what's the value of an office these days? Like even three years ago, you could get on a Zoom call or, or whatnot and do the exact same thing we're doing now. So 
really, as far as an agency is concerned, it's okay. If I'm a client, I've been client side, like I get taken to a nice office. I know, I know that's on my bill somewhere once I get, once I get it. Yes, that's true. (laughs) So we very early on said, okay, we don't want it for that reason, but then also because it just makes it easier. It makes it easier to take care of family, do things you want to do. And commuting just sucks. Like nobody wants to spend two hours of their lives commuting. And on top of that, it opened up our, you know, uh, who we can hire and talent pool, et cetera. Yeah, I, I want to add just two quick things. I, I'm sorry to interrupt you, Mike, before, but you were saying things that I wanted to share. Um, okay, usually one, I'm the one that interrupts. So I know, he's that. the one that interrupts me all the time. <laughs> um, one of So when Mike was talking about kind of making that list of pros and cons in terms of culture, one of the very early things that we did in our business, which I, I would encourage um, anyone starting a business today to, to think through that, you know, normally one of the things you do is you put together an employee handbook, right? Because you're going to hire employees. So you, but the employee handbook in many ways is really about CYA. It's about the employee ensuring <laughs> that they're covering themselves in right. case of you know, misconduct or theft or anything like that. Now, don't get me wrong. That's super important. And, um, you know, three years in, we still haven't done our employee handbook. So shame on us. That's something that we're working on. (laughs) But one of the most um, helpful things that we have done and and something that I would encourage other business owners to do, um, to think through more carefully, is to put together a culture book. And that is different than an employee handbook. Um, again, the employee handbook is more about process, procedures, rules, regulations, CYA. The culture book is really about who we are as a company. Why do we exist? Why do we do what we do? It talks about our culture. It talks about the things that we believe in, the things that we stand for. We, dis- we d- discuss our various values and brand promises our brand promises are what we promise externally to our clients, but that starts internal. That starts with our team. That starts with our work ethic. That starts with the products that we, you know, the end results that we share with our clients. So we talk about our brand promises and, and how we try to live those day in and day out. We talk about our values, which are internal, which we use for hiring, which we use for ensuring that everyone on our team is is living those values in some way or another, demonstrating their their commitment to the company through living those values. So we put together a very extensive culture book, and I right at the beginning of this um, culture book, I say that this is a living and breathing document, meaning that it's going to grow, it's going to evolve, it's going to change. Periodically, we're going to look in there, we're going to add things, we're going to say. Um, you know, based on experiences that we've had with our company, this document is just going to continue to to evolve with our company. Right. And um, if anyone is curious about our culture book, we do have it up on our on our website. We have a blog post about it. Oh, cool. Um, so people can, it's a, it's a slightly abridged version because we do have more internal facing things that we just didn't feel were necessary to share externally, but, but we do have an abridged version that is um, public that anyone can take a look at. And we got this, we got the idea of a culture book from many, and I, I can't take the credit on this. This, this was um, many weeks of research looking at some really uh, some of the most iconic, you know, brands out there today, HubSpot, um, Netflix, 
uh, a lot of you know Silicon Valley and, and you know tech companies in California. They they all have um, Google has a great culture book, and so I spend weeks looking at these culture books just to kind of get an idea of okay, what is going to be our culture book? What are we going to have in there? What are the things that we really want to communicate and to express? And so um, so that's just one little tidbit that I wanted to share based on some of the things that Mike was talking about, that we spent a, a good chunk of time on that right up front because we always knew that if we were going to start a business, we wanted to have employees. And if we wanted to have employees, we needed to cr- to create, to give them something tangible for them to understand what this culture is, especially because we are remote. And I think a lot of companies that are not remote live, you know, you have sort of what I say, you, you learn by osmosis when you're working in a company that has four, four doors, four, you know, four walls and, and, and cubicles. You learn via osmosis. You pick things up from your, from your cube mates. You, you hear things, you absorb things. When you're remote, you don't have the luxury all the time of, of being able to be right next to your, your employees right. or your, your colleagues. So we wanted, we, we knew that when we were going to do this thing remote, which is very much part of the culture that we're trying to cultivate, we knew we needed to create those guidelines and those virtual um, bowling alley bumpers, if you will, right. for our employees to be able to kind of know, know where to go and know where to turn. And obviously they can come to us, they can turn to each other, but, uh, but we wanted to create tangible living, breathing documents where they could turn to and learn, learn from and really understand, okay, are they on the right track? Is this the right place for them? Um, and if it is, how do they continue to excel in their career? How do they continue to provide value? Um, and so that, that was something that we did very early on that has served us um, very well. And it's something that I would strongly recommend other companies uh, do, especially right now. Okay. I love all the, the culture book stuff. I mean, if like everybody started that way, <laughs> that would probably make for a much nicer um, work environment and a happier planet. Unfortunately, they don't. And you guys, CYA, she's saying cover your ass is, um, is what, is what just in case you didn't know, that's what she's talking about in these employee handbooks. Because unfortunately, a lot of times that's what it is. Like they're just covering their own ass to make sure uh, that the company doesn't get screwed over in some sort of way or whatever. So um, I love that so, so, so much. Um, so, okay. So let me ask a couple of things. You guys, to make it clear, you're, you're remote, your whole business. You guys do not meet at a big office together and all that jazz. You just work, everybody works from home or wherever, right? Correct. Yes. Correct. Yes. We That's do. So great. It we, has we joked been. That we, we were remote before it became the, the cool thing to do. Right. <laughs> <clears throat> or the uh, like socially the distanced required, required thing, to thing to do. Right. <laughs> that, it's so smart though, you guys. And, be, and because of the type of work you do, I do the same kind of work, um, you know, similar uh, online marketing, social media and whatnot. You can. So mm-hmm. why not? And then, like you said, then you can really let that family first uh, culture thrive because Absolutely. you literally work from your home if you need to, especially your parent guy. That's like such a nice thing to have, as you guys know. Um, so how, I would love to know how it has affected your, how it has affected your employees. Like how does everybody, does this seem to be, um, 
super beneficial to them, I would assume. Yeah. I mean, everybody who we've, who we've hired has wanted to be either, either they were switching to remote position or they've already been working remote for a while, either as a consultant or for another company or the, or even, um, or they, maybe they were working remote part-time and they wanted to be remote full, full-time. So it's a, right. I guess you can call it a benefit again. That's, I don't know, pretty yeah. soon it's going to be like, you know, at this point, like the normal thing now that everyone's experienced it. Although obviously what we're experiencing now is a little different, right? Because everybody's got kids in hope 24 seven. I mean, maybe not everybody, some, some <laughs> right. have kids in daycare again, but still it's just, you never know when that's going to end. So um, I think it's, it, it's a little bit more difficult now than it is usually. And for a lot of people, it's maybe even more difficult. So people who maybe were remote before that loved it now might not love it so much, right? So if, you, I mean, if you've got a 500 square foot studio apartment in New York City and you're working remote and all of a sudden you got your two <laughs> kids back at home or whatever, or one, I don't know, that's probably not ideal. Right. Because um, <laughs> you can't really get away. Right. But the fact that you guys, like you said, you were doing it before it was cool or required, <laughs> but, um, it's just so smart. I mean, why not? And, and unfortunately, um, my husband works in corporate America and I never have, so I can, I understood a lot of the things you no offense guys, but a lot of the things that you guys were saying <laughs> and, um, and it's, it's true. It's so funny. I always tell him, he'll tell me some sort of predicament about work, whatever it is. It doesn't even matter anything. And I'll be like, these people, really need to like spend how you need to have a spend a day with a small business owner day right and go see how a smaller business works and learn some shit because they're doing it <laughs> i mean really it's so true you they get so caught up in these handbooks and the, you know, all these things that you're talking about. And um, when really sometimes you just need to simplify things like say working remotely um, and make it fit into people's lives and do good work yeah. Bottom line, yeah. like, <laughs> I, you know, I, I want to say a quick little anecdote that because it really dovetails into what you're saying. Um, before we started our company, this was like, gosh, maybe now six, seven years ago, eight years ago, I was working for a big corporate company here in the Twin Cities. I was in the social media department and I was so excited. You know, I had always wanted to, um, to have a social media experience with a big company, you know, work on a, on a brand, on a particular, it was a consumer facing product. So I was very, very excited about that. But the culture there was just very suppressive and oppressive. And there was this sort of um, expectation that you arrive at a certain time, you leave at a certain time, not before, Mm -hmm. Um, there was an expectation around lunch that, you know, you had to take your, you had to take a certain, (laughs) certain number of times that you had to be seen at your desk having lunch. And these were unwritten rules, of course, but again, you just pick these up, pick things up by osmosis. And I just, you know, the company offered to, to their, to their credit, they did offer, um, yoga classes and gym classes, but it typically was over the lunch hour. And (laughs) I almost felt, (laughs) right. Well, and I almost felt penalized doing that and not being at my desk. So it's like, okay, you're going to offer this, but then there's this expectation that you need to be at your desk at all times. And there was a, there was a particular period of time where things were very tense. Um, because of product launching and blah, 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 and whatever. And it's a public company. So, you know, word on the street and all this stuff. And um, 
I was even, a, this is, this may be TMI, but I have a feeling that with your podcast and your listeners, they're used to that. So there was a, there was a period where I was so af- like almost paralyzed to get up from my seat that I wouldn't even go to the bathroom, that I would, that I would go like a full day without using the toilet or like holding it in as much as I can. Oh my gosh. And yeah. I ended up getting, you know, UTIs and infections because I was not urinating when I, when my body was telling me that I needed to do that because I was so afraid of the backlash and the culture and the environment that was being cultivated at the team that even if I'm away from my desk for five minutes it was seen as I'm not being productive. I'm not contributing. I'm not, I'm not, you know, I remember one time going to the bathroom and, you know, I just had to pee. So it was a quick one. And and I was, I was away from my desk for a very short period of time. And, um, I got grilled. Where were you? We were looking for you. We didn't know where you were. This thing happened. Why why were you not looking at it on social? And so, um, you know, like somebody, it was in the freaking bathroom. If you need to know, (laughs) right. Somebody had commented on our page and God forbid, I didn't respond right away. You know, I was, I was managing the content as well as the, the community. And so that, that's just an example of exactly what we not wanted to do, everything that we did not want to have part of our company. We, you know, if you work from home and you've got kids, great. You don't need to be glued to your computer 24-7 to be productive. You don't need to be glued to your laptop 24-7 to contribute to your company. Um, You can take breaks to go to the bathroom. You can take breaks to have lunch. You can take breaks, even a full half day off or half day or whatever it is, because you have a family, because you have a life outside of work. And so that's, you know, that's, that's a huge impetus of why we started our company. Okay. So I would love for you guys to offer up any tips or wisdom you have for someone else wanting to do what you've done for whatever reason, but they're really trying to create a great culture. They have people to take care of in their life. Um, just anything, any, any red flags or anything weird that you went through or anything that you want to tell someone that, that wants to do what you've done? Thank you um, first. I think one thing that kind of really jumps to mind is, you know, as a, as a business owner, you always want to, and most times need to put a dollar figure against everything you're doing, right? At least as a, as a fiscally responsible business owner. Right. But with, when it comes to things like culture, sometimes you just need to sort of forgo that, I yeah. feel like, because once you put a number against it, you start going, well, is this really worth it? And do I really, do I really need to put aside all this money to be able to, you know, pay for somebody's maternity, paternity leave or whatever. And I mean, honestly, like we, we did that and we were like, and after discussing it back and forth, like, Oh my God, this is ridiculous. Like we're going to do it anyway. We'll figure it out as, as it happens and when it happens. Um, right. Now, that's you know, really good advice by the way, because I think a lot of real logical thinkers would, would struggle with that. So I'm glad. Well, and again, it's not something that you can do as a, you know, as a public company or even as a larger company, because, you know, you've got financial responsibilities, you got a board, you got all sorts of stuff. So there's, you know, but I think definitely as a small business where you're the sole, you or your spouse or whatever are the sole stakeholders, I think that's definitely something to, to think about because it's really, it's easy to put a cost against something. It's really, it's a lot harder to put a value against it. Value. Yes. Yes. I love that. 
That's a really good one, Mike. And, uh, and that is true that those were discussions that we had about, okay, there's, there's the financial aspect of what it is that we want to do, but then there's just this thing that we want to do it because it's the right thing to do. And so I think, uh, I think that's great advice, Mike. Um, I have a couple of pieces of advice. I'm going to try to boil them down to the smallest nuggets that I possibly can. Um, we already talked about a culture book, so I won't, I won't drone on about that, but I'd say definitely consider doing that um, as a small business. Think about that, especially if you hire employees or even if you work with outside talent like contractors, freelancers, VAs. At the end of the day, they're somehow representing your company and representing your brand. And if you're not treating them the way that you would want to be treated or the way that you're treating your clients, you have a problem. That's a huge problem. That's something that always bothered me is companies that work with outside talent, like contractors, VAs, freelancers, whatever it may be. If you're not treating them exactly like you would an employee, that's a problem. And that's something that we don't stand for. We treat all of our, we do work, we do have from time to time some VA support. We've had some freelance support. Um, and I suspect that even as we grow, we'll need to outsource certain things. Um, we treat them like they're part of our team in every aspect. That's, um, that's going to be really helpful to these listeners because a lot of the listeners of this show have a super, super small business and they do that a lot. They'll hire a virtual assistant or just a freelancer, you know, as needed. So mm-hmm. I love that you said that. Okay. I mean, there's certain things we can't do. Like, you know, we don't offer benefits to sure. our freelancers, <laughs> but everything else we try, we try is very hard to do that. Um, I would say we actually worked with a business coach for the, for, let's see, like a, like a, a period of time, a couple of years, a year ago, we worked with a business coach for a variety of reasons. We went our separate ways, but he's somebody whom we very much admire and uh, we still keep in touch with him. One of the things that he told us that made just so much sense to me and something that we're currently working on, actually what my role in the company is, what I'm doing is putting together guidelines for everything that we do. You know, he, he had said that if you're, if you're bringing on employees and you want things done a certain way, or at least you want them to think about doing things the same way you might do them, you know, you need to be able to provide a structure and a template and a guide. And so that's something that I'm currently work on, working on. We've been, Mike and I have been working on that for a while now because it is very time consuming and it is um, a very mental, it's like a mental exercise. You really have to clear out your day and just think about, okay, what, what does this process need to do? Who, you know, who are the stakeholders in this process? What do I need to communicate what is the end goal that I'm trying to achieve? Right. And then and then putting together, you know, a workflow and even to some extent creating templates for each of the steps in that workflow or a guidebook that says, okay, when you're doing X, Y, Z, here's what you need to think about. Here's where you need to, to think through. And not every business needs that. Not every, not every single business needs step-by-step guides and templates, but to some extent, there, there are going to be processes within your business or within uh, the work that you're trying to do that, that do need to be documented and do need to be organized. Because 
um, what we try to do as part of our culture, kind of looping this back into culture, we want things to look like they're coming from the same company. You know, I, yeah. one of my pet peeves is like, if you have like a Frankenstein of a document and it looks like, where's this coming from? Is this the same company? Is this the same, <laughs> right. you know, is this proof point or what? So that's my pet peeve is like, I want everything to go out to look like it's coming from the same company, the same, the same, you know, level and quality. But I also want to inspire my employees um, that there, there's more than one way to skin a cat. And while we, while we do have processes, while we do have procedures, we also want to encourage our employees to think about ways in which they can be different, add value, think outside the box, be right. creative, provide a different solution to our clients, provide a different solution internally to our team. And I think that the only way you can do that, and it's going to sound really cliche, uh, but it, it's true, is you, know, you have to learn the rules before you can break the rules. Um, and so yeah. we want we want our our team to learn the rules of how we want to work as a team and the quality of the things that we want to sh- uh, put out there. But we also want to encourage them and nurture them to be to, to, to be able to do things um, on their own as well. And I think Mike had one last thing that he wanted yeah, to say. One he, other yeah. thing that, that popped into my into my head is um, consider ignoring best practices. So, and I, that's something that I kind of preach both from a marketing Give perspective. Give me a round of applause for that, sir. <laughs> so, you know, I, just to give the analogy, like from a marketing perspective, because Brittany, you work in the space too. If all you're doing is the best practices, you're just like everybody else, which means you're not cutting through the clutter. Which yes. Probably wasting your time. <laughs> um, and I think the same thing is true in, in business where, you know, a lot of small business owners will they'll get advice from other small business owners like, oh, well, everybody else does it this way, so let's do that. Okay, well, at, you know, by the time you're X size, you start providing a 401k or paid insurance or whatever. It's like, okay, well, is there another way to do it? Doesn't mean you shouldn't provide benefits, but right. maybe there's a better way to do it. Yep. Um, so, and there's, the, you know, as far as benefits go, there are a lot of creative ways to actually, in my opinion, provide a better value to your people than the traditional, you know, uh, group health insurance and whatever. Right. I love that you said that too. Oh my gosh, you guys, y'all are speaking to me and you're speaking to all the people listening. Okay. Uh, one more thing. As, as parents, just as parents that work, <laughs> what, what might you say to another parent that is um, struggling, whether it's a huge struggle, a little struggle, or a medium one, with the whole work-life situation. I don't even know if I want to say work-life balance because most of us know balance. Eh, does it really exist? Doesn't does, totally does it even exist? exist? Yeah. But, you know, maybe just something um, that you learned or something that you could say to encourage someone that's in one of those spots, you know, they're having the guilt, they're having a hard time actually literally juggling it. Can y'all offer some sort of... Uh, words of wisdom to, to those folks out there because there's a lot I of think, them. I think ours, Gabby and mine might differ. I'll give you mine okay. to start. But, and this is just sort of how I operate, but as, as much as possible, figure out how to compartmentalize and like separate things out. Like it's not about balance per se. You're never going to get, you know, 50% of your day for family every single day and 50% of your day for work. It just doesn't work that way, right? It's going to ebb and flow and it, it needs to as it needs to. But when you're, when you're with family, be with family, put the phone. And I'm, I first one to raise my hand, like I'm awful at it. Like I, yes, I try, I like I'll, when I, 
when I can, I'll put my phone away. Like literally, you know, like, okay, no phones at the, at the dining room table, just put it away to the side and whatever, things like that. So I think, and when you're working, then work, like just get your stuff done because I think otherwise, I think that's where the balance comes from is being really efficient with your time, with the thing that you're doing. Yeah. I I mean, even that's true for anything, right? If you've got 50 business things you're trying to do at the same time, like people can't actually multitask, right? That's been proven. Right. So That's perfect. Uh, I love that. Okay, Gabby. Yeah. So, you know, I have my mom head on, my mom hat on and, you know, moms and dads are different and that's okay. There's nothing yes. wrong. You know, w- men and women are different. We were created differently. We have different biological and physiological makeup and that's for a reason. So, you know, my, my mom hat is very different than da- than Mike's dad's hat, but um, for listen for the listeners that have been sticking with us throughout the show, I did want to say one thing. Our daughter, even though she was born at 24 weeks back in 2015, um, for anyone out there who's curious, she is doing tremendously well today. That was my she- next question. I wanted to hear how <laughs> she's doing. I wanted to hear. Yeah, she is going to be five in um, in a few, in two weeks. She'll be five in August oh, 16th. <laughs> and she's doing tremendously well. She is, um, you know... For anyone that is familiar with prematurity, it is a long journey. It it doesn't end when you leave the NICU. So we've been through quite a bit. You know, she's had six surgeries in four and a half years. Um, So she's been through quite a bit, but, but thank God she's doing tremendously well today. And she's just this firecracker of a little girl. Um, As far as, as far as um, advice and, and, and and things like that, you know, I feel like we're still, parents are still going to be figuring this out for the next foreseeable future, especially now with schools that are going to be mostly remote or maybe partially remote, you know, um, for us, the way that we have figured it out, or at least partially figured it out, is we absolutely rely on our parents, on our daughter's grandparents. And we're very blessed that um, my parents are local, Mike's parents are also local. And that has been a huge, huge boon for us because we could not have built a business without that, what, you know, the, 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 the community support, the support of our parents. Um, so, and I know that not everyone is lucky to live next to their parents or have their parents as a resource for childcare. So I would say, you know, short of that, if, if you don't have relatives or even close friends that could, that you could swap off childcare or just, you know, afternoon spend with Jim and Sue down, down the street, right. um, you know, I would say um, if if you if you work with a spouse like Mike and I do, what what we did what we did early during the pandemic was we would split up our day. I would take the morning shift with our daughter from eight a.m. to noon, and I would give her my almost undivided attention. Um, and we'd I say almost because if I had a meeting or if I had a call, you know, I'd have to put her in front of the TV. Sure, but, sure. But for the most part, I was with her. I would do you know, get up, brush teeth, change breakfast. And then we'd sit down and her and I would put a schedule of the things that we were going to do in that time period. Um, And I I would really try to be hands off of work. And then at noon, we'd have lunch together. And then in the afternoon, Mike and I would switch. I would work and he would take the afternoon shift. Now, initially that was working fantastic for us because um, it was during the pandemic, work had slowed down. So really only doing a four hour, four to six hour work day was doable for us. Right. Now things are starting to pick back up and we're really needing to put a lot more hours in our business. So um, 
we're relying on grandparents. <laughs> right. No, I, Hey, I say I've done that too. I, you got to do what you got to do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I, I don't know how valuable my, my tip is because I know it's not feasible for everybody. Um, but I think the truth is that parents out there, whether you work together with your spouse or you don't, or you're a stay-at-home parent, or you're both now working from home, we are all just figuring this out. And I think, again, employee, as I said earlier in the conversation, I think companies and employers are going to have to really quickly realize that this idea of being flexible, this idea of really putting the family institution first before everything has to be part of their company culture because they're going to quickly learn that employees are going to burn out if they can't have that balance that they need to find with their family. And so again, that just goes, that just drives the point home about what it is that we're doing and why we're doing it. Right. Uh, Last thing I'll say is, you know, the, I think it's valuable to be transparent, both either with your employer or with your clients, let's just say. So like, as an example, we just celebrated our uh, seventh anniversary uh, last week and we took a day off and we, in my out of office, I literally said, taking the day off for the anniversary. I'm not going to be responding in an email, like do X, Y, Z. Otherwise you'll hear back from me once I'm able to see this. Right. So it's not just, Hey, I have the day off. It's I have a reason to have the day off and here's what it is. So if you want to be a, you know, an a-hole and bother me on it, you better have a good reason for it. <laughs> if you want to be the one to ruin our anniversary, go yes. ahead. Right. <laughs> Okay. Well, happy anniversary, you guys. That's amazing. Thank you. Um, Thank you. I I love I love everything you guys said. I I I just feel it. I relate to it. So many people are going to relate to everything you guys have been talking about. It's so important. What you're talking about is a is a bigger. It, it's even big as you you know what you're doing is even bigger than yourselves because you're really supporting this movement of a great work culture, a family first culture, and not penalizing people that want to uh, prioritize their love and relationships. Right? I mean, mm-hmm. we we can't be doing that. That that's not that's that's not going to work. And like you like you said, I think Gabby, like it's it's going to mess with also people's um, productivity and whatnot, right? I mean, you're mm-hmm. going to be much more productive really and truly when you're given the opportunity to, to live your life as well. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I think in the long term, we're going to see, you know, I'm not an expert in, in this, in this area, but um, it's going to have a major impact on employee retention, you know, for, for yes. large companies. If you're working for a company that, does not honor the fact that right now we're in the middle of a pandemic, parents are dealing with kids at home, not going back to school, you know, str- struggling with, with health and wellness and, and mental health and all that. If, if you as an employer, at the end of the day, employers, you know, are people. Companies are made up of people. And so we often say, you know, while we are family first, we really try to be people first because there are people in our lives and in the lives of our employees and in the lives of our clients that go beyond just the family, you know, so we really try to be people first. We really try to just say like, what does it mean to be a good person in the world today? And I think that, I think that more companies need to get on that bandwagon. And I, and I think we're starting to see that very quickly. We're starting to see a shift in the way that companies manage their workforce, in the way that they hire, in the way that even talk about firing, you know, or, or offboarding an employee, you know, a lot of companies have had to lay off because of, you know, the effects of the pandemic and COVID. Um, 
the way that you exit an employee is just as important as the way you bring them into the company. Mm -hmm. And I think that, again, we just need to, you know, I, I always say this to everybody that I talk to. It's like, Everything you learn, you, you, you've learned it before when you were in, my daughter is in preschool, she's five years old. Everything that she's learning right now and everything that we're teaching her is just about being a good person yes. and getting a good sale. If it's 50% off, I always tell her yeah. like sales, you know, dad, right. dad focuses on the savings. I put, I focus on the good, getting a good deal message. Yeah. Um, but beyond Priority. that, <laughs> right. Beyond that, it's really about, you know, just being a good person, doing the right thing. And, uh, and I think that innately, um, we know what that is. And, and, and I think you just have to build a company culture and build the infrastructure around that to allow everyone in your company to be able to not only innately know it, but really know it, you know, through your company culture, through your values, through your mission, through your vision, through the way in which you operate, um, to really be able to to set them up to be successful, to be able to do the right thing, to be good people to your people and good people to their people at the end of the day. Oh my gosh. I want to mess it up by saying anything else. That is the perfect way to end. Um, you are so right. I see, um, I have, I see big, huge things for you guys as far as impacting lives. That's my opinion. I feel like I just have a vision of you guys impacting millions of people and I think it's going to happen. Um, I would love for you guys to tell everybody before we go where they can find you. Like I know you're starting a new podcast of your own. That is exciting. So tell people how they can find the podcast, maybe follow on social, how they can listen and how they can find you guys and, and learn more about what y'all do. Yeah. So um, if you're interested in what we're doing on the marketing side or just want to talk to us about marketing um, or you're maybe looking for a job and there's an opportunity in the future, we are at www.proofpoint.marketing. So proof and point, one word, dot marketing, not dot com. Uh, People always get confused by that. It's proofpoint.marketing. You could also find us on LinkedIn. Mike and I are, Mike more than me is extremely um, active on LinkedIn. So please do connect with us. We love to connect with people and share what we know and create some great conversations. Um, And you mentioned about our podcast, which we're really, really excited about. Um, Mike and I are launching a podcast in a couple of weeks called Mixing Business with Pleasure. And it's a podcast in which we um, interview other married couples or couples, what we say, couples in a love relationship or a life partnership that also now are business partners and own a business or work together. So um, so it's called Mixing Business with Pleasure. We're going to have a website soon. Um, mixing biz biz with pleasure.com and then um, we're on all major social channels for the podcast as well we have some teaser content out there as well so please follow we're on instagram twitter linkedin and facebook Uh, and there'll be a youtube channel and if you or someone you know is a husband and wife or you know life partner duo that own a business together uh, get in touch because we'd love to feature you on the show Awesome. Mixing business with pleasure. That is perfect. You guys have got to listen to the podcast, start following them on social. So that way you are all um, up to date on when it all releases and debuts. Um, Definitely connect with Mike and Gabby on LinkedIn. Don't forget. Thank you guys so much for being here. Like I said, I really value your time and your experience. And I'm so happy to hear that your daughter's doing well. And, um, and I hope to talk to you guys again. We would love that. Thank you so much. Thanks, guys. 
Thanks for listening to today's show, y'all. For more information about the podcast, go to socialsunshinepodcast.com and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and subscribe to the Social Sunshine Podcast YouTube channel. For more information about me, go to brittanycrossin.com and connect with me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, YouTube, and TikTok. The Social Sunshine Podcast is a Fun Love Media production. Funlovemedia.com. Bye.